Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. On this podcast, we talk a lot about spirituality and about religion and about cultures and different kind of belief systems, theories. Um, okay, so guys, I have come across something that actually disgusted me. Um, I actually didn't finish watching the content, and I'm not going to describe the details of it because I just, ew. Um, not blaming Eli Yoder, but um, he basically, um, I believe it was a TikTok video he posted with a Mennonite lady who he interviewed about this concept of the holy kiss. Um... I'm not sure exactly what the Mennonites follow regarding this. Um, I've heard about some Amish groups doing the same thing. Um, Now, I know in the New Testament of the Bible, the Christian Bible, there's um, a sentence that says, I don't know if this is even the full sentence or the whole context of like, greet one another with a holy kiss a holy kiss greet one another with a holy kiss um i don't believe it was in the gospels i think it was either in the book of acts um or something paul wrote or one of the other you know like timothy or somebody else um i believe um i believe it was in one of the letters to one of the churches I should look this up, but, you know, you know, if you guys really want to know, you'll look it up yourself. So, um, and find the context with it too, but I never really understood that. The only time I've ever heard it used, um, not really actually being used in, in practice, but I mean, the only time I've ever heard somebody um, reference that verse was when I was maybe either, I can't remember if I was in like my junior, senior year of high school or like early days of college at community college. I cannot recall. Um, I think maybe I was in college. Maybe it was like my first year of college or so. The reason I say that Um, is because there was like a two-year back-to-back period where I was hanging out with a specific person um, who was a good friend still still is I just we're just not in touch at all Um, Pentecostal um, very religious person um, who you know he didn't listen to secular music or anything like that so um, at this time the youth collegiate pastor took a group of us to it was uh, I think at the Angel Stadium this Greg Laurie I think it was called like Christian Crusade or something like that Crusades the name never you know when I started learning about what the Crusades were and stuff I was like I don't really like that name for like 
Christian events, but I mean, whatever. They use it a lot. At least they used to. But I think it was called like Harvest Harvest Crusade or Harvest Festival or something like that. And they would host it at the Angel Stadium every year. And I think I think it's free. Um I think it's done. I think it's passed. But it's usually when they do it, it's Christian bands. And let me look it up cuz I don't even know is it called Harvest Crusade? Um, oh my gosh, I can't type. Angel Stadium Harvest Harvest Crusade. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, oh, so it's Saturday, November 5th, and then the following Sunday. Uh, that next consecutive Sunday. Okay, so it hasn't come up yet. Um, I was kind of hoping that I hadn't that I hadn't missed it because I didn't really know um, if it was even still going on. But I might try and catch it this year if it's if the bands were worth it. But basically, after or during, I guess Greg Laurie when I when I went, I think I've been like four times, maybe five times or so. Um, three times I remember pretty clearly, but I feel like I've been more than that. So basically we would go after church because, you know, the Adventist church, you you go to church. And so on Saturdays, and so we would go after church and we would come to, um, I don't know, I guess we would leave from the church or from wherever after lunch or something, um, and we would drive, you know, through L.A. to Orange County to the Anaheim Angel Stadium. I feel like it was Anaheim back then, but now it's like L.A. Angels and, and Anaheim. I don't know what the heck. The heck. But um, that's what we used to do. Um, so we were usually late because it's free, right? So it's general admission, at least when I would go. It was general admit, free. I can't remember if parking was free because I wasn't. I never drove. We went, we carpooled as a group with the church. Um, and I would go, I would show up, you know, with my group of people. Um, we would go inside, we would find seating. Now, I remember the majority of the time we never got good seats. Most of the time we sat towards the corner of the stage, if not even behind the stage some of the times, because like I said, we were late. And so because we were late, we never got to sit, like, close or anything. I'm pretty sure people got there, like, one to two hours in advance. We weren't that early. Um, And so we would go, and we would kind of um, just sit, like, get our free seats, sit where we were going to sit. Sometimes, you know, if you're in the back, there's, like, screens, so you can, like, see it, but you can still feel the energy and feel the music and stuff, and, like, I was always, like, it was fun. Like, I saw Delirious a couple times. I think I saw Sonic Flood. Um, P.O.D. was my favorite who I ever saw. The pastors hated them. I remember they were like, I can't believe this. I was so happy to see P.O.D. We sat behind the stage that, that year, though. Um, I think, uh, uh, what what's what's their name? It starts with an S. Not simple plan. What's their freaking name? 
I want to say I saw Reliant K there, but I, I think I saw them elsewhere. I can't remember. Um, I saw them a few times. Who's the one who makes Only Hope? Um, all my female friends used to be, like, so in love with these with these guys. Switchfoot, Switchfoot. I keep wanting to say Slipknot. Switchfoot. Slipknot is not a Christian band. Switchfoot used to play at a lot of Christian concerts and venues and stuff. They would go to Fish Fest and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, um... Yeah, they would go and... Um... Yeah, we would go, we would watch them. And then, you know, during the sermon, we were allowed to either sit through the sermon or walk around. I remember some years sitting through the sermon, um, getting like the free New Testament Bible. Oh my gosh, now I'm distracted. Somebody called me. I keep getting like spam calls. Um, So, where was I? We would, we would... Uh, yeah, so one one year I got, uh, it was like a little paperback green, um, New Living Translation version, free Bible, and then, um, I remember watching a lot of people, some of the friends I knew, some people were just other people, and I would kind of watch them kind of, you know, say that they were going to get saved, become Christians, or rededicate their lives to God, and um, seeing how many people went down there and stuff. I think some of the people I knew went down there, but um, I mean, this is so many years ago. I don't remember the details, but I'm pretty sure because I remember waiting for people to come back so that we could leave. Like once they went down there, we had to wait for them to come back to our seats so that we could actually leave because it was like an altar call. But if you think of like a whole, like the Angel Stadium, I don't remember if it was completely full but it was full enough that um, it was a large amount of people and they would kind of flood down. Um, they were safely kind of like going down to the to the field um, to, you know, make the uh, visual statement in public that they were, you know, um, getting saved. And then they basically um, went up to, you know, they went back up to their seats. I think there was, like, an ending, a little bit of an end to it. They would go back to their seats. I don't remember if it ended with them at the altar call, or if it ended with them, you know, coming back to their seats, and then there was, like, a closing or something. I can't remember at all. Um, but I remember one year we went to the you know, we went outside because we were gonna just walk around, like, there's stuff going on, I don't remember if we were trying to get food, or just, like, you know, lemonades, or, like, why we left, but, you know, the pastor would usually just let us roam free, like, he, he didn't really chaperone us that much, and this is, like, back before we really had cell phones like that, like, we kind of had them, but we didn't really use them, we weren't, like, texting and being, like, hey, I'm gonna be over here, like, but he didn't care he just kind of we knew where the seats were and he he was our ride so it's like we were gonna have to find one another uh he kind of gave us enough freedom so that was kind of cool um I'm just kind of remembering how that was like yeah he he didn't really like he wasn't too like you know like some of the other pastors were where they would just be like 
no, you have to go with me, or, like, even if you're going to the bathroom, we have to go as a group, and, like, all this kind of stuff, it was, like, he would just let you go, and then when it's time to go, it's time to go, or, like, you meet at the car, or, like, we'd have, like, a meet-up spot, and then we'd all just get there, I don't ever remember calling each other, or texting each other, or anything, being like, oh, like, I can't find you, and we were never really up to no good, I mean, we were sometimes, but, I mean, at that event, I don't think we were, and I remember there were protest protesters, and I remember like I don't know there was something about it that I loved, you know. Um, I loved it. They were they were protesting Greg Laurie. They were protesting a pastor, and these people were Christian people that were against his teachings, or against I don't know if it was just Greg Laurie's teachings, but against like the Bible to some extent or something. Um, and they would just be asking and saying, like, all these challenging questions, like, um, I don't remember what, what, they just had, like, a, like, a, like, a, an argument for everything, and I think one main point that they were trying to get across that stuck out to me was that, in their opinion, God is not love, um, and then they say, we'll look at the flood, we'll look at, you know, Job will look at, um, you know, the human condition, like, and just using Bible verses, and then, like, you know, just saying stuff like, you know, God says in the Bible that he's a jealous God, and that, you know, like, they were just going through stuff like that, right, like, they were just on and on and on, um, with that form of a topic, and, um, it was, I don't know. It it got my heart racing. I was like in a in like an excitable way. I was like pumped up about it. I was like, yes, I can finally like argue with people about the Bible and like like I was so into it. Like literally, I was so into it that literally the next year I wanted to come back to that concert just to go argue with the protesters. I was like so into it. Like I wasn't even trying to like be right or whatever. And I remember being super pissed off at the end. But maybe I was trying to be right. I don't I don't know. Because I really thought I was right. Um, but it was an event like that that kind of shaped a lot of my um, understanding that, you know, not everybody believes the same in the world, you know. Um, but basically, you know, all the arguing back and forth, there were, like, people that were, like, refuting all the stuff these guys were saying. And they would just, like, yell out something, like... A verse of the bible or something and just like put an interpretation on like this you know like god is not love god hates or like god is jealous or like god is you know like they would just like say stuff like that and i would just be like no no that's wrong because we were taught you know this explanation and then they would come back with the bible about well what about this well what about that well what about this and i'd be like whoa like i have to like think about this more but in my head, I was still like, they're so wrong. But I'm like, that was just such a cool experience. Even though I got pissed about it, like, it was such a cool experience. And I remember me and that friend, you know, we were all arguing. You know, we were all just, like, fired up and just, like, these people are, like, disgracing the word of God. You know, like, we're, like, but we weren't, like, yelling at them. We were actually, like, listening to the arguments and trying to, like use our own biblical knowledge from what we were taught because you know we were like this this friend of mine was taught in the in a pentecostal church that was uh, it's actually down the street from my folks place 
uh, but he lived on the other side of town, like Lawndale or Hawthorne or something. I think Lawndale. Um, and he was really into like prayer meetings. Like he would do like full day prayer. Um, at at when he was in university, um, like I mentioned, he never listened to secular music. Um, he was pretty hardcore. Um, he read the Bible every day. And we were kind of his social circle. Like, he basically, you know, we would go skiing, snowboarding together. He skied. We would go snowboarding together. Um, I know he was, like, super into football. Um, He would play sports. I think we would play. He was in the crew, one of the crews that I would play, like, soccer. I think basketball with. I think he would play basketball with us. Um, He was kind of quiet. When I first met him, he never really talked, but, like, um, he started going to our Friday night, it was called teen rap, he started going to our Friday night, um, technically a Vespers for, like, people in their teens and 20s, and then, yeah, yeah, it became a little older after that, um, we were able to kind of, um, you know, like, I would, I could talk Bible with this guy, like, I learned a lot from him, too, like, because he went to a church where they learned a lot. Like, at our church, we were encouraged to learn a lot, and on Friday nights, we did do a lot of, like, discussion, and then Saturday mornings, there was a lot of discussion and, like, you know, like, reading and, like, studying, but at church itself, it was kind of, like, dumbed down, so, you know, after, like, a certain age, you know, when you go to church for so long, you're just kind of, like, whatever, um but it was so dumbed down that I was just like never really I I felt like I had to develop what I was learning on my own um and then you know like I mentioned before you know I've always been pretty like gravitated towards the bible I was never like there was a point where like I was like no but you know nobody had to like you know I'm not trying to like toot my own horn but I'm just saying like nobody was ever like raising me to like read the bible you need to read the bible like i was raised like most little kids of like okay kneel down and say that now i lay me down to sleep kind of prayer and like we went to church all the time but like and i don't even say it as a as a i'm not trying to brag or anything about reading the bible i don't i don't care i'm just saying you know uh i gravitated towards it i was in i was a complete geek and nerd about it from a child age like I mentioned, when I used to have nightmares at night or couldn't sleep at night, I would turn on church radio and listen to sermons. Like, that's the little kid that I was, you know? I would, like, you know, that's what I did. Like, I used to read my the, the King James Version Bible that my grandma gave me, and I'd be like, one of these days I'm going to understand what this means, you know? Like, I was into it, um, you know, um, just kind of naturally on my own. It was just something that naturally interested me um and I was around it a lot too um but it was I talk about it more so to say like it was part of my lifestyle um it wasn't really like it's not something to brag about like I'm part of me is kind of sometimes like glad that I learned about the bible and all that kind of stuff and then part of me almost wishes that I kind of never really spent that much energy on it um because it is kind of hard to think outside of it 
Um, not that I must or not that it matters if I do or not, but it does kind of um, give me kind of like a different color lens to kind of see the world through that I notice myself constantly having to challenge this, you know, just tradition, you know, these traditions that you were taught are for your salvation, you know, it's like, you know, having that mindset and always thinking like, I have to do this stuff that these people teach me because if I don't do it, I'm going to go to hell. Like when you, when you grow up thinking like that, you know, or getting that kind of message, however subtly it may be, um, and that you, you know, somehow you're part of the group that knows more accurate information than any other people who study this. Um, but then when you start questioning different discrepancies and you just never, ever, ever, ever get like a solid answer from the people that are supposed to be the professionals, that was kind of like not helpful for me. So, um, yeah, but the only time I heard somebody mentioning like Holy Kiss was in that environment when we were arguing with the protesters and one of somebody I didn't even know, there was there were multiple people around and some guy that was also arguing against the protesters was like, you know, the Bible says to greet one another with a holy kiss and you're not, you know, this isn't a holy kiss. Like you guys are just like, you know, like trying to like get people angry and stuff like that. So he kind of mentioned it like that, and then, um, you know, I never really heard it used before or after that, like, in a practical way, or, like, never really paid attention to it until, you know, listening to this Eli Yoder, like, he mentioned it before, someone had mentioned before, I think it was Amish Potato, he mentioned before about, you know, how the Amish church service in his community was, and so he mentioned kind of, he was the one who mentioned kind of like the process of what happens in like sequential order um, for a church service. And part of that that he did mention was like the holy kiss. Um, and then I never really heard it mentioned outside of those couple times in my life. Um, and it is kind of rare, you know, like I, I always find it rare when there's a biblical topic that I haven't heard like I haven't heard it all but there's some things that you would feel like people would expand on more and that's one of them that I never heard um really expanded on or practiced or used um I've never really heard about it um and it's just always shocking because, you know, I was raised, like, in a religious environment. So being raised in a religious environment and then having come across something from, like, a biblical text that you never really had to really challenge or think about or look at or anything, that is kind of rare. Um, because most of the typical con uh, topics that we could have gone through, we've kind of gone through them and kind of beat them to death, you know. But, um he mentioned, um, you know, this lady, I mean, she mentioned, um, some details that I, I'm not going to really discuss, you know, pretty much how the Holy Kiss works. Um, I mean, she was mentioning as a, as a, like, so the Amish potato, uh, YouTuber, um, YouTube handle his, uh, his church was Amish and he um, talked about men doing the holy kiss 
Um, I didn't know that women did it too. And Mennonites are and Amish are different, but um, this Mennonite lady was talking about her experience with it. That when she turned fourteen, she um, started um, when she went to church. She would experience the holy kiss when she went, and just briefly, what it is is basically everyone in the church of a certain uh gender um just comes by and kisses you um i don't know how long this lasts i don't know anything but the things that like i mentioned at the beginning i kind of got grossed out um the the things that kind of grossed me out were kind of two things i could pinpoint i'm not gonna without going into detail that um you know the concept of of uh you know, keeping people in, uh, you know, scaring people, I guess, out of educating themselves um, about different types of topics, saying that it's too worldly and, you know, it's sinful to educate yourself about certain stuff. Um, That's a toxic trait of churches that I've noticed. That is something that does come up that churches will say sometimes. Some of them do have that message where they're just like certain forms of education are wrong and certain forms of education are right um and then when it comes to like consent she was kind of mentioning consent as far as like that she didn't really know about consent because of her educational background and that you know she was she wasn't really consenting to this she was kind of more like coerced you know just out of a control aspect of somebody saying, um, you, you know, have to follow these traditions because if you don't follow them, you're going to go to hell. Right. Um, so being kind of scared and then also not really being able to expand and educate yourself and challenge your mind on different traditions and just being told to just do them without, without expanding on that. Um, to me, those those things are pretty toxic, and I think that for me, those things are kind of like a sign of, you know, you got to look out when you see a person or a group or a church or whatever it may be telling you to do to not do the certain stuff. When you see that happening right in front of your face um, and they discourage you from like study, they discourage you from like learning um, like I mentioned, uh, maybe I didn't mention this, um, but when I, you know, was, um, growing up, you know, like, I think most people who follow on here probably, if you've listened long enough, you've probably heard me mention how I was, like, really into studying Hebrew and, um, uh, uh Jewish culture, like, more so for the roots of, you know, how Christianity looks so different, and, like, I was always trying to come to, okay, like, because, you know, the church I was a part of, we did, you know, the Sabbath, you know, and certain, like, dietary restrictions, very similar to what Jewish people might do, um, but then there were other stuff that Jewish people did that I was like, well, why don't we do that, because that's in the Bible, too, and they're doing it, and we do some stuff that they do that other Christians don't do, but why don't we do all the rest of it, you know, I could never get answers to that. And so I was like, well, let me just start at the beginning then and let me learn how to read Hebrew and figure out what the Jews do. And so I basically learned, you know, like 
you know, around age 12, you know, Jews, usually, you know, religious Jews will have like a bar bat mitzvah. And, you know, they kind of go through a process of either being around or learning the Hebrew language so they can read from the Torah and the uh, other writings of the Old Testament as whatever their portion is for the time that they're bar bat mitzvah. And then they become a man or a woman um, in that religion. Um, and I was like, well, we don't really do that, but we do have baptism and it does usually get offered around age 12 or 13 and I don't remember when I first started learning Hebrew um but I remember I I started um through the library websites too I think it was Beverly Hills Chabad website and then also through um the public library I would get like a they had like one book of like teach yourself Hebrew but it wasn't the teach yourself series it was another just like book that was just like really hard to understand but I learned the alphabet and learned how the letters sound and then all that kind of stuff and then I would go to borders and like read Hebrew you know like you know how to read Hebrew and like I just spent a lot of time on it till I could read it not really understand it but I could like read it like the words and I could recognize like names or numbers and like stuff like that like just basic basic stuff um but I was happy with the amount of that I got to with reading because then I could look at like the old testament the Jewish old testament and like read along with it in Hebrew and then you know kind of look at the translation in English like I knew enough words to kind of fill in the blanks of like okay, this says, and Moses went to the mountain, and uh, God spoke to him, or something like that, like, I could probably make out a sentence like that, generally, um, I couldn't, like, create the sentence, um, there were a lot of things I never really understood, um, like, how the letters look, some way, like, I don't know, the word structures, and the syntax and all that there was so much that I just like never really fully understood because I didn't really study it like I did study it but I also wasn't like exposed to it it was all like self-study self-taught so I remember later on in my church experience probably my first year of grad school I remember the day too because I remember I used to volunteer for the church but I had already left uh I didn't live locally but I would come home on the weekends to um go to church um and because I lived like up in like downtown LA area and so I would come down and um at that time I did for school for grad school my first year of grad school and then I um came down because I was still involved with the church and I remember starting like the first Sabbath, I remember that I wanted to go to this, uh, the local Messianic Jewish church. And I couldn't, I I got there, but it was like a holiday of some sort. Um, I think it was Sukkot because they were at a park where they would do like camping and stuff outside. I think it was Sukkot. That was the first Sabbath I tried to go. So I um, I basically went, um, to church, because I had to volunteer that morning to do the welcome, 
So I did the welcoming, um, you know, basically you just hand out bulletins in the front door. And then once the church was going to start for the Messianic church, I was like, that's fine. Um, I'll go over to the Messianic congregation. So then I went, but the church wasn't going because, um, uh, they weren't out on the site. So I remember like looking, it was like in a little plaza and I was like trying to look around the back gate. I'm like, maybe there's another door. Um, but nobody was there. I think I called the, the rabbi's, um, phone number and left him a message and otherwise, you know, um, didn't get a response back. So I'm like, okay, I'll try next week. Uh, I don't remember if I emailed him or texted him or what, but I remember that's how I first got in touch. I was like, I've been looking for a Messianic Jewish church forever, explain my background, explain kind of where I came from. And he kind of started explaining all that to me. And I was like, cool. Like, um, and I went, I had a great time. It was an awesome time for me. Um, and I basically, um, you know, started learning with them for maybe like a year. But I remember my church was like, why are you, why are you talking to those guys? Like, I remember I had some friends approach me like, oh, so are you becoming Jewish now? And I'm like, why would you have a problem with the Messianic Jews? Like, they basically are like Adventists, just they have Jewish traditions. Like, they do the stuff that you guys are always like ragging on other people for not doing. You know, they keep the Sabbath. They don't eat pork, like whatever. Those are like the two main things that you see come up so much in the Adventist church because it's so different from a lot of mainstream Christianity that they kind of pride themselves on those things being different. And so, you know, it was kind of interesting that people were getting a little concerned that I was going to this other church. And then I remember my mom started coming too, but at a certain time, you know, I uh, started going to this other church that started at like 3 p.m. Because um, that's kind of where, you know, it was like, okay, I could like rest in the mornings and, you know, I was getting pretty um, stressed out with school. So I no longer wanted to be like studying the Bible all week. And then, so I didn't really want to go to church I didn't go to the Adventist church anymore in the mornings I didn't go to the Messianic church that was scheduled a little I think earlier later or something I didn't go you know and then I went to the three o'clock service that usually ended close to you know when Sabbath was over and then I would just leave and study so other than resting on Saturday afternoons, that was my only break through the whole week. I would rest on Saturday afternoons. I would go to church for a couple hours Saturday evening. And then I would just study the whole time. I was always just studying, studying every day of the week outside of the Sabbath. Um, and so, you know, I remember just kind of the pushback I got from people I knew from church that I was like, well, you guys never answer my questions. You know, you never answer my questions. So I went and I found my answers and I went and started studying the Bible with people who actually want to talk about, you know, these kind of questions and why we do this kind of stuff and all that. Like they really wanted to, 
discuss it. And so I did too. And I was really grateful to kind of come across something that was so literally just so convenient. And I feel like I just popped in there just when I needed to, because, you know, um, when I think about the timing now, I think about um, uh, just being at the, you know, at that messianic congregation. Um, and the church didn't stay um, around like for the entire time that I was that I was there um like a little after I left it you know it stopped um but I I stopped going my mom kept going um I think I went for about a whole year before I stopped going um and literally I just stopped because like I just didn't want to study so intensely when I was already studying all the time um and I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed myself. It was a good time. Very small crew of people, but very dedicated to study. It was like six of us or something. And, um, you know, it was a good time. I had fun. Um, you know, I did have some debates with some of the people there. I remember, you know, one of the, the old men was saying that, like, the Cor- the Quran said something about... Um, uh, what did it say something about? It said something about, um, uh, what did it say something about? Um, it said, he was saying that the Quran said something about, um, you know, not, not loving Christians or Jews or hating Jews or something like that. And, um, I don't remember that being in the Quran. We were arguing and he was saying that it was there and I was saying, I don't think it is because I read it. But then also I thought about it and I was like, you know, my reading comprehension isn't like perfect. And, you know, even when I read textbooks, you know, sometimes I like don't fully, you know, grasp everything because it's like a lot of content when it when I'm faced with like a lot to read usually there's going to be something I miss and so like yeah I read the Quran but it's not like I studied it necessarily so I just read it through and that was it um this was in like high school or something so you know um and then I was having this conversation in like my first year of grad school so and I was like in probably like 10th grade or 9th grade when I read the Quran. And so, yeah, that's how I know that, you know, uh, and I I think I did find a free Quran on a website or it was like a really discounted, nice, big, glossy pages. But like I mentioned uh, before, when I gave away a lot of my like Bibles and books and stuff that I had accumulated over the years, um... I think I put that one in the box and gave that one away too, but um, yeah, I I don't know how I got off on all these topics, but basically, yeah, when it comes to that whole like holy kiss thing, um, you know how the lady was mentioning about like education being den- denied her, um, that's already a sign to me that you know anyone who doesn't promote 
education and free thinking. I mean, you got to wonder why, you know. You know, they're usually saying the same thing that they were taught. And, you know, what's, 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 the, what's the scare of learning? Um, what's the scare? You know, the scare is that, you know, people get fearful that, you know, someone's going to learn and they're going to leave the church or they're going to, you know, teach others things that they learned and then nobody's going to want to do this anymore. And we can't have that. You know, we can't have people leaving leaving the church and not learning you know the way that our forefathers learned or whatever like we all need to think the same we can't have people straying off the path or getting getting confused um or learning things that the that you know isn't really real um according to what the bible says or what the religion teaches we can't have that um, so, you know, I think that's the mindset, like, we can't have that, and to me, that's a form of control, it's a form of, uh, trying to, like, just keep people kind of down, um, so that they have to do these same rituals and have to keep the church organization big, um, so that, you know, people are able to benefit from it so that, you know, churches have pastors that are getting paid and conferences, you know, can, you know, run schools and hospitals and, you know, there's money involved. I mean, it's not like, I mean, the Adventist church, as far as I know, isn't like greedy, muddy, hungry, um, I mean, the hospitals are definitely, you know, big um, healthcare and educational systems for a lot of places. Like, I know a lot of Adventist universities where plenty of my non-Adventist friends have definitely gone to those, as well as multiple of my Adventist friends. Um, I think most of the people I know have encountered Adventist hospitals um, there's even one that I talked to as part of work, you know, where we send our clients that I didn't even know was Adventist, but it is. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it can be a little, um, um, I don't know that they can't just, like, um, yeah, they, they can't just, like, kind of, like, do what you, what you need to do, um, what am I trying to say, that they can't just, like, let you learn, you know, um, because in a way they feel maybe threatened by it, um, so, I don't know, like, it's, it's a little troublesome to me that that is kind of like a common, you know, viewpoint of, you know, not getting full round ed- education on stuff about 
your own personal self. Um, your own, you know, like understanding yourself better, learning how to like problem solve that versus, you know, being kept so busy and so distracted by trying to do all these rules and all this study and all this reading and all this religious stuff that you, you kind of have no time to really, you know, do other things. Um, I mean, I remember being taught, you know, um, some pretty extreme ideas when I think about it. Like, it, I think, I think, um, in Ellen G. White's Steps, Steps to Christ, um, you know, it talks a lot about prayer. It, it's a cool book, but, um, you know, there was this, there's this, uh, verse in the Bible, I don't remember where, but it, it's just like pray continually or pray continuously or something like that. That's all there is to the verse. And, um, you know, what that looks like to try to do that, you know, it's, uh, it basically trains your brain to just have this certain mindset all the time. Um, but with that, for me, kind of came, you know, a lot of the other, like, messages that I got that were negative about, well, if I'm not praying continually, and if I'm not thinking, like, using the fruits of the Spirit from the Bible, and, like, you know, if there's anything that deviates from, like, what the Bible is doing in my life during any portion of the day, if I wasn't thinking about God, or if I wasn't thinking about some kind of scripture then it was wrong you know and it's like you do all this effort and then you're just like oh man I messed up again like I spent another day where I couldn't fully just focus on God and then the next day comes around and you're like all right this day I'm gonna like fully focus you know and not do anything like secular culture related and just like keep thinking about you know everything how it relates to the bible how it relates to prayer like how you know, if I'm struggling with something in the moment, I can pray about it, and, like, you know, just never getting out of the mindset of thinking about the religious-related things, um, actually is very stressful. It's not, it's not easy to really think like that, honestly. Like, there is a peacefulness to it, in a way, when you're doing it willingly, but there were there were points when I wasn't doing it willingly. I was doing it because I thought if I don't do it, you know, if I don't live my life like that, it's very possible that I might end up in hell. Um, that's the only way to kind of be like pretty certain as if you're following everything um, as best as you can most of the time. And I just thought, you know, one of these days I'm just going to get to the point where I'm going to get better that every single day I'm thinking about God all the time and that maybe once or twice a year I'll have moments when I don't. Like, I really thought that that was, like, the goal to work towards, like, for I don't know how long, but it must have been a long time that I kind of thought that way. Um, and it's kind of, like, you kind of get on this, I don't, I don't know what you call it, like a religious high. It's kind of like a religious high. Like, I don't understand, like, how to describe it. But, I mean, I... It's my belief that having a religious high can be one of the most dangerous, not positive things to happen. Because when you crash from that high, that is a different kind of crash than any other kind of crash. 
um it's not the same as crashing from you know substance related things it's not the same as crashing from coffee it's not the same as having some kind of like emotional like just your brain and just body just stops functioning it's not like that like having a spiritual crash is just like you know when you have your whole like concept of like where your life's goals and life's purpose is going and why you're on this earth and then you just start all of a sudden like questioning that like that is not really a a fun place to be in at all um I have multiple friends who experienced that before we were we all kind of did almost at the same time at a pretty young age too and you know I remember I had a lot of friends that went to these like this like religious camp they got real pumped up and for like months we were just like pumped up about Jesus like it was like I don't even know what like we were like in a in some kind of like extreme you know um kind of uh like we had some teachers that were kind of like into a little bit of like religious alternative stuff but still super Adventist and so they had access to these like Christian camps and stuff and like the kids who went there you know they chose a few of the kids who they thought would be like a spiritual influence or something like that and I remember the rest of us who didn't get to go felt super bad about that we were like dang man like we're seen as like the teachers think that we're like the bad kids or like you know not holy or whatever like you know we're not seen as like good enough like I remember definitely being like pretty upset about not being chosen to be like a part of the group who got to go um I really remember that I was like not understanding that at all I was like I read my bible every day like I'm in the sabbath school and in the teen rap group and I I contribute and like you know I have things to say I know I know what I studied and like I like to talk about it even with the pastors and like how do they not choose me like my friends don't do that like they don't even like read they don't even all read the bible or whatever or like you know it was just based on like their perception of like who were like the holy kids or something um and I don't know this was probably like seventh grade or ninth grade or something like that eighth grade or ninth grade I mean um and I remember you know the kids who came back just being like really um enthusiastic like if you've ever seen somebody go through like a like a like a motivational conference or something and then they come out of that and they're like super pumped up but this was pumped up on religion you know pumped up on the bible and jesus and like these acts prayers and like all this kind of like stuff that they're just like pumped about and they you know just the way they would talk was different they were like you know they would talk a little bit different you know they they were a little kinder you know they tried to be like very religious the way they prayed started sounding like real different you know whenever we were like in chapel and like doing like the music and like singing along just like oh my gosh this song again we're gonna sing this song you know they'd be up like clapping and like you know just like excited and I remember during this time period um we would go to these like winter camps um 
like in the mountains like in San Bernardino and um um there's a camp we went to it was a bible camp in the winter during the school year but I remember it would be snowing in the mountains and we would go and um you know there were other schools there a lot of other Adventist schools there and we just stayed in the cabins and we um you know we you know there were showers cabins like you know um we could play sports sometimes but most of the curriculum there was like a bible-based kind of thing so I remember being there and like you know being with other kids and getting to mingle with the other kids there was a lot of like music and like church every night and like I think it was about a week long if not like four days or something and some of it was weekdays so you got to like miss some school and it was optional and we went and it was I don't even know like I just remember the specific year when we went um what I do remember is seeing the other Adventist school we'd all we'd all have like a big church service every night and we'd all be in the same like room where they had church and our group was different from the other groups like we would be like in the in the song services just like we'd all be standing up and clapping and like singing our loudest and like all the stuff that the kids at that bible camp had gone through kind of rubbed off on us when we all went to this other camp and then we were all just like super pumped up and like you know the way we would talk and the way we would just like interact with the other students from other schools was probably real weird um like we really thought we were like in the spirit and really just like pumped up and then you know eventually everybody kind of crashed from that and it just became like every I think everyone who had that experience got extremely depressed um like not like I don't know if it was really in a suicidal way I don't even think I really knew what that was back then but it was like um just really like questioning the meaning of a lot of things that I think when you're that age that is a weird experience to go through when you're like you can't really talk to your parents because they don't want to be talking about all these weird philosophical things like what's wrong with you you know they don't you can't really talk to the teachers because they're busy they're teaching you know you can't really talk to the pastors because they usually don't want to answer your questions if it's too challenging anyways and then we try to make sense of it within each other and try to talk to each other and we were just like debating about it and like there was like no support whatsoever um and I don't I don't know if every person goes through experiences like that but that is probably one of the weirdest experiences I've had in my life especially because it lasted like multiple months like to be like that excitable multiple months just like you wake up and you're just so pumped up about life because of like Jesus and just like that that to me was just weird um and then it went away and then it was like oh you can't get that back you know like it was weird it was like a weird thing that had been going on for like multiple months um during that time one of our teachers was having some other kind of breakdown of her own so she was just having us do these weird like hippie hippie kind of like practices like sit under your desk and light a candle and write your eulogy and all like we're like eighth graders and like everybody's sitting under the desk crying and like yeah this was like I don't even know what the fuck like <laughs> like when I think of it I'm like what were we doing and like how come nobody put a stop to this like you know 
But, I mean, this was the educational system that, you know, the school and the church were kind of a part of. And nobody thought this was, that there was anything wrong with this or, like, weird or bad or problematic. Like, looking back, I'm like, I don't think anybody knew better because my teachers were probably in their 30s, too. And they were probably just like, what is wrong with these kids? Like, they're going nuts. Like, I don't think they really were, like, thinking through a lot of this stuff and they thought it was kind of the right way to be too so I don't think anybody was really challenging it they were just glad that you know we weren't like trying to run around and do drugs and instead we were just having late night bible studies and like praising Jesus and praying all night and stuff like of course you, people would want that for their teens <laughs> of course nobody's gonna be like oh you guys you can't hang out at the beach at night because you're praying too late like no go pray go pray all weekend long we don't have to worry about what you do when you're skateboarding or anything. You're too busy praising Jesus. Like, just go, you know. And so, you know, I don't know. I've been on the end of things like that where it's like um, that I've even completely forgotten <laughs> about. Like, it's so weird to me that I don't even fully have that, like, at the front of my memory on a daily basis. But it's, like, so weird. Um it was just such a weird time and um dude I don't even know what to say about it it was just such a weird time like um just pretty heavy it was heavy it was just intense you know like I don't regret it it's just like these are the kind of things that like when you're involved in a religion, you can't really explain it to people who don't really do that. Like, most people go to church on Sunday, if that, and then that's it. Like, you're not just, like, constantly just, like, doing this. Um, and when you're doing this, you know, not really even knowing how to feel about it, and then not getting answers from, like, the adults in your life who don't seem to really know what they're talking about. I, I got that vibe pretty early on that I was like, these guys do not know what they're saying or else they could explain this to me. Like, if you're my teacher, if you're my pastor, if you're my whatever, why can't you explain to me this whole book that we're reading all the time? Like, we read it every day. Like, you should know more than I do. You know what I mean? Um, but it just started becoming frustrating with the learning experiences and the general experiences with stuff were just becoming more and more disconnected from, like, what I understood as, like, how to, like, gain knowledge and kind of, like, improve at stuff. And, um, like, you know, when I think about, like, people who are maybe, like, Mennonite or Amish or some religions, you know, where you don't really get, you know, a typical education especially in like western society it's like you know one thing about the adventist church i do notice is that even if they do prefer their own education it is overall a mainstream education like you're not like totally behind when you like start if you go to a different high school or college like i was a little behind with stuff but I knew how to study I knew how to get the work done I knew how to catch up you know and then you know I did good but um yeah as far as like the social experiences as far as like the um just the normal type of stuff that people 
you know, experience at certain age ranges, you know, you're just totally sheltered from all that kind of stuff. I mean, we were kind of like, we would venture out and like run around town and do whatever. And like I mentioned, you know, music, skateboarding, snowboarding, that kind of stuff kept us kind of in connection with like other kids that were kind of on the secular end. That kind of stuff kind of kept us more in, in, um, in connection, uh, where we kind of understood more. So, um, I kind of, I kind of, you know, started just thinking about things like that. Um, like when I was listening, I didn't even get through the whole story. I'm going to be honest. It was, it was disgusting to me. Um, and it wasn't even because it was women kissing women. I couldn't care less about that. It was just the fact that you have like young teens, you know, who aren't really consenting to certain things and are being kind of like coerced into like doing some kind of ritual that's kind of weird um to me that's a little awkward and weird it was kind of crossing a line in all honesty to me um and just the aspect of just like in general how they're kind of taught not to really like focus on learning more and educating themselves like she was saying she wasn't educated about sexual education or stds or anything so it was kind of like that just sounds like it's a pretty gross experience like honestly I don't think I would ever want to go into a church where every single woman kissed me um that does not sound appealing at all um all I can say is ew but I mean it's not like on her I'm just saying like you know um that that's kind of weird um but it's getting late. I gotta go eat. Um, um, so I'm done with this, but thanks for listening.